what's up Thanksgiving hand turkeys? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some new tricks and to find a better way. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. And here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I am your Thanksgiving hand turkey, Dan Ray. How's it been going, man? It's you been know, a, it's been a little bit. It has. We haven't spoken in a while. We're both employed humans. Yes, we both have jobs now. Amazing. So uh, we are still podcasting in our pajamas, just on the opposite end of the day. That's right. So you uh, you were doing, I think it was product manager, is the official title? I am. I'm a technical product manager for a company that makes software in the real estate space. And um, it's, I'll tell you, it's a big um, corporate gig. It's 6,000 employees, publicly traded company. And um, 201, every person I've met is like cheerful and happy and glad to be there and enjoying their jobs and I just can't, I can hardly deal. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't even know what to make of it. <clears throat> so it's pretty great. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's the end of my second week tomorrow and I'm, and I'm happy. It's good. Yeah. Um, I'm wrapping up my first week with a company that is also uh, a software company that is in the live, uh, pr- live event production, uh, industry. Hmm. Um, so they do, uh, like if you see big shows where there's video being displayed on big screens, or lyrics on stages and that kind of stuff. That is what they do, and um, yeah, it's been it's it's been pretty cool. Seems like they could hook you up. Uh, potentially, I haven't gotten <clears throat> I haven't ingratiated myself that far, but they they know what I do. I even told them about the podcast. I doubt any of them will listen, but you know, I wanted yes. to make sure everybody knows what's yeah. going on. Good. So, how have your gigs been since we <clears throat> last spoke? Well, gosh, so <clears throat> I believe since we last spoke, I played Halloween night. With Viva La Muerte, and that was fun. It was um, an acoustic version of it, which basically means Viva La Muerte without the bassist and drummer, because neither okay. of them could make it. So it was um, our lead guy on acoustic and vocals, me on electric, uh, playing for the first time the Helix through the PowerCab Plus, and it sounded glorious, fantastic. Um, and then our fiddler girl and our trumpeter guy and our sax girl. So it's a five-piece band that's the acoustic version, and it's um, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, so that was fun. I did wear it was Halloween night, and I wore my Santa Claus shirt. Um, and I went as you know the Christmas season. I start tomorrow. You can't escape me. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. And then the next night, Thursday night, I played the first of our live music. Name that tune trivia nights. Yeah, how did that go? It was freaking packed. The place was crammed, and everybody wanted to play. And it was a majorly good time. The um, uh, we learned a lot too. You know, so the <clears throat> couple couple things we learned. Um, one on other trivia nights, they limit team sizes to six, and I didn't know that. So there was a team that had like twelve people on it, and they were at the table right next to me. So I heard them loud and clear when they hit their cowbell. Um, we I distributed percussion instruments around the room, which is how you rung in to say you had an answer. Right. Um, so anyway, I heard them very well and they had so many brains, they had all the answers. So they totally yeah. dominated the night. At some point I was like not accepting their ring in anymore. <laughs> they'd go to ring and I'd say, no, no, you're handicapped. I'm not doing it. You know, and like team tambourine, what do you got? Um, and I also learned, um, you know, the idea was it was a mix-up, it was a mashup of trivia and live music. So mm-hmm. we'd, we'd do the Name That Tune thing, uh, and then I'd play the whole song because people are there to hear live music. Well, right. that wasn't, the balance was 
they, people wanted more trivia than that. Like we, yeah, you know, was, over, when you told over, me that back then, I, it felt like that might be three minutes in between questions felt like a long time. Yeah. So I'm going to do, I think next time I'm just going to do like a verse and chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, cause people enjoyed hearing the song, but, um, they didn't need, there were times when I was like in the fourth verse of something. I'm like, why am I even playing this right now? This is yeah. strange. Um, so that was, and it was eighties night, nice. which was really fun. I stumped them with, um, killing moon echo and the bunny men. Yeah. Stumped. Um, Bit but of a deep as, cut. it was a deep cut, although, you know, it was very much part of the soundtrack of my youth. Um, cause I was a, one of those weird alt kids. Um, <laughs> But, you know, things like Purple Rain, they got within one chord. They got um, um, Edie Brickell, Am What I Am, you know, yep. uh, the second chord on that one. Doom, dip, doom, ba-doom, ba-doom. It's like, oh, they knew exactly what that was. Um, so it was really fun. It was a good time. Next week, uh, the 15th, we're doing 90s. Um, and there's already a pretty good buzz around that. I don't really know any 90s. I was way deep down a classic rock hole in the 90s, so I'm I'm not – Despite having been the right age, I don't really know much of it, so I'm going to have to learn a bunch of 90s, which is cool. I figured out how to do the intro to, um, you know, the guitar intro to No Scrubs. Yes. Um, so that's fun. Yeah, we, we do that one, so we're quite, yeah, we're quite out. versed in that one. Yeah. Good stuff. So, yes, it was a good time. Good time. Have you been playing? Yeah, so since we last spoke, um, we... I did the two shows with Convoy, and actually one of them was was Convoy. The other one was uh, the Leonard Skinner tribute. So I actually had mm. to learn a set of Skinner on the Alan Collins side. Um, so I, I handled pretty much everything I was supposed to, with the exception of the solo for Freebird, which I politely punted to the other two guys who had been yeah. doing it for the past you know year because um, I just didn't have it in me. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, hadn't played with those guys in a while. And uh, you definitely learn the economics of an eight-piece band playing public dates, though. Mm. Um, I think my cut from the um, from the Skinner gig, because it was a three-band bill, was like $25. Yeah. So it is what it is, but it was fun. And I got to play that uh, Explorer. And then we played a members-only gig uh, the following week, and I played that Explorer again, because why not? And that was one I was a little stressed out about because it was a private event with two subs, one of which um, we had never played with before, and I had actually never met in person. Um, but we met up probably two or three days before, and he's like this—he's he's a guitar player from Brazil who's here on a musician's visa, and um, was just a complete monster, huh. and did a fantastic job knew everything really, really well, had great gear. And, um, like our, our front of house guy was just over the moon with this guy. So, um, the gig went great. We had a great time. Everybody played well, everybody had fun. And, um, that one actually spilled over into potentially two more dates, um, just based on the clientele that was there. So, uh, our, um, our December's looking pretty good. Very good. Love that. So, yeah. And then we've got, trying to think what we have next actually we we're still in the process of of chasing down a couple of contracts and then that'll be it but we've already got i think two dates booked for january and three dates in february so we're already kind of you know we're, we're looking ahead um as it were so yeah 
wrapping up our promo video, which I've handed off to our bass player who does uh, video editing professionally and uh, can probably cut this uh, a bit more effectively than I can. So that's great. So um, since we last spoke, we had that lovely conversation with uh, Mark Denells, um, which I had a lot of fun. We hadn't spoken in a while. It was good to catch up with him. Um, and the other thing that happened that I was very excited about is we had our first patron on Patreon. Ooh. So Adam, if you are listening, Adam R, I uh, don't want to get you know too specific, but a uh, big thanks to Adam for uh, throwing his hat in the ring. We are going to use that um, his contribution to pay for some more storage so that we can continue putting out this podcast. And if you would like to assist as well, uh, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash coverbandconfidential. We would love your support. Thank you, sir. Yes. So um, this episode is going to be a bit of a grab bag. Um, we're going to use a couple of things that we got on the um, the Coverband Confidential Facebook page. Um, we've we got a couple of questions about the HX stop. Uh, I cannot speak to that yet because I do not have one. But um, our friend Jeff, who uh, we interviewed a few episodes back, did just get one, and mm. his initial response was, "Can you send me some stuff? I don't like it." So oh. <laughs> I sent him a couple of presets and some impulse responses to see if I can uh, turn his frown upside down. But um, you know, the thing with any um, any piece of gear, it might might not even be specific to modelers. Um, it's just the fact that presets suck. They do, and um, you know the the head of Line Six, who is very active on social media and very active in a lot of user groups, and um, does amazing customer service over web forums and yes. stuff like just unreal. This dude um, agrees. He says presets suck. Our presets suck, and <laughs> why that is is because somebody built those with a guitar that's not yours and ears that aren't yours, and most importantly, probably fingers that aren't yours. But you know, a different guitar with different pickups coming out of different cabinets into different heads, headphones. It's you know different PA's. Um, there's just no way you could make a preset that is dialed in for you the way your gear has been over however many years you've been using it. And, exactly. Um, you know, so you really got to get into these kind of things and mess with them and mess around with them. I mean, that you the, to it's it's a really common thing that people spend. You know, on a full bird helix, it's what fourteen hundred bucks. Yep. And. Um, and bring it home and unwrap it and be all excited and plug it in. And then it sounds mushy and flabby and fizzy and well, okay. But when the dude at line six built that, it didn't, it's just, you know, your gear is different than his and you got to work with it. Some, yeah. it's, you know, it's really, really, really common that people are disappointed with them right out of the box. So, um, <clears throat> speaking of, of the helix, uh, I, I got to use it as a straight up pedal board through an amp, um, on that Skinner hmm. gig. And I was absolutely just, pleased as punch um my rig sounded great like our our other guitar player was standing next to me and he's got you know one of the he's got an incredible you know hand-built amp and fancy board and he was like man that sounds great Mm. and i was i mean he's a total gear snob and a tone snob and even he was impressed so good yeah i felt good about it and tweaked a couple things and I've got a few new patches. And, um, uh, the other thing I've got coming up is actually got a church gig, which I have not played in a little while. So I'm, I've got a couple of, uh, presets that I need to tweak for worship. And for those of you guitar players out there who don't know, I mean, worship music is kind of now its own genre as far as guitar players go. Um, lots of resources and, you know, there's a certain 
kind of sound and aesthetic that uh, that th- that particular kind of music goes for. And so uh, that'll be a fun uh, exercise over the next week or two while I'm preparing for that gig. So, yeah, I hear a lot of people playing clean with a lot of reverb and delay and sort of etherealness. Um, but then there's also some good crunch there. You know, people, people use real distortion and stuff yep. in prayer and worship settings. And yeah, it um, really depends on the, on the material. So I'm doing like, um, I'm doing an, an event in our middle, in, in the church's middle school environment, which typically is, is more of like a rock show. You know, you can actually jump and have a good time and, and, and kind of crank it up a little bit more. So, um, it should be interesting. I haven't gotten the song list yet. So that's, that's really going to determine what, I, uh, what I'm planning on doing, but yeah, most, but I mean, it is a, it is a cover show, right? I mean, you get a song list and you're covering popular Christian artists and that's how that is. Yeah. You'll get a reference track. Um, if depending on the release and what it is, you may actually get isolated tracks so that you know exactly what to pick apart. Um, I'm doing lead, which lead guitar and worship music is kind of, it's not what, what it sounds like. You're, you're not, you're not ripping anything out. It, it's actually easier to to pull out because it's the most obvious stuff that you're you're hearing. <laughs> and the other good thing about worship music is that there's a really huge online resource um, community. So as soon as I get those songs, I'm heading straight to YouTube. Odds are there's already somebody who's picked it apart. And they're like, here's guitar one, here's guitar two. We're using this amp with these pedals, uh, with these settings, at this whatever, and we're playing a telly through a you know whatever. Um, so it'll be, it, it, it's it's a pretty easy plug and play kind of gig. So I, And it's fun. It's Again, it's a different set of muscles. Um, I just get to show up, plug in, and do what I do, and I don't have to worry about any of the other stuff. My check will always clear. So yep. it'll be fun. So very cool. On the uh, on that note, the other thing that we uh, we got asked about is something that we haven't we've kind of talked about it in passing, but we've never really dug into it as a uh, as a full blown topic, and that is song segues. We have talked about song selection, and we've talked about we've kind of touched on medleys a little bit, and we've talked about stage banter a little bit, but we've never really like delved into the I guess the stage show component of creating segues between songs and that kind of thing. Well, I just, I think it's worth, I think it's worth um, distinguishing segues from medleys. Yeah. First of all, so medley is, um, it's a designed thing built of different songs that work together and you sort of weave them in together. Mm -hmm. Right. You go from one to the other, without stop. And that's really the, that's the thing that's in common between segues and medleys. A medley probably returns back to its starting point, you know, cause so it's, so it's clever. It brings you back to the song that it started on. So yeah. you know, it's a medley. Um, a segue is really just a way of moving in a, in, in linear space across a song list. Yes. So that's, that's, you know, the difference between the two people. I see people sometimes use the terms interchangeably and they're, they're not. Well, and a segue can be um, many a thing. Oh, yeah. You know, there are musical segues. There are spoken word segues. There are um, all different kinds of things. Yeah. But, you know, I think it all it all rests on the uh, principle of zero dead air. Yeah. And, you know, for for us, we 
we believe in zero dead air very strongly. If there's talking happening, I'm I have encouraged my drummer and bassist to be riffing and jamming something behind it. Mm-hmm. I never want there to be musical dead air, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're doing a song. Sometimes they're just fooling around back there. Yeah. Um, but you know, if, uh, I saw a post on Facebook today. Actually, it was um, how long should you do go between songs? I think twenty seconds is enough. Is you know the right amount. And 20, I will tell you this: twenty seconds feels like an eternity. Twenty seconds is a lifetime between songs. Yeah. Twenty seconds, God, you could just you could go you could you grow a beard in twenty seconds on stage. Well, you might be able to. I've, I'm still I trying can. to grow mine. Could well, uh, you know, keep keep the faith. I'm trying. The point is, um, I like to have it so that the last beat of the, the last song is the first beat of the next song, and I like to have it so that there's. Um, some kind of linearity between them, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same tempo. It Mm -hmm. certainly doesn't need to be the same key. It doesn't need to be, um, there is such a thing as like a snap segue that takes you from one thing to a completely different thing. And that's fine. You just got to be aware of what that does in the room. Yeah. Right. What that does in the room is everybody stops what they're doing and looks up and is shocked that you just did that. And then before long, they're enjoying the next song. But it's not a smooth segue that they're like, oh, we're into something else. It's, 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 it's interruptive and it's meant to be. Yeah. We, we go from word up to crazy by um, Narls Barkley. Yep. And if you recall, crazy by Narls Barkley starts with four, you know, four boom, quarter notes. Boom, boom, yeah. Boom. It's, it's uh, it's an A minor chord is what we do, but mm-hmm. I think in the original it's just a, a bass note. Um, but you know we're cruising along on a song, and then we get to the end of it, and kind of we all catch eyes, although we're getting pretty telepathic about it. And Tony and I literally go bump, 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 boom, boom. I remember when, and we just boom right into the next song. Um, at the end of that, uh, I'm crazy, I'm crazy, right? We're at the end of that. And the very next song we do is Happy, which starts with a similar bump, 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 but it's much faster. Yep. So anyone who remembers the last transition will enjoy this one, although they won't have. I enjoy it. I'm the only one who does. Um, And then the first line of Happy is, might seem crazy what I'm about to say. So it all connects, right? I get it. Um, But those songs are very different in tempo. They're in different keys. They're different feels, very different grooves. But it all flows together, kind of, uh, kind of just on the strength of our asserting that it flows together. Well, there's there's a creative component to that. Yeah, you know, and there's there's a bunch of different ways to approach it. So you can you can what you have done is you have noticed there's some musical aesthetic similarity, but there's also some uh, content similarity. There's like a thread that connects them, and so you have decided that well, there's enough there's enough there there to. Um, to tie these things together and do it in a way that uh, that registers with the audience. Yep. And that's something you do have to consider because a lot of times, you know, you get in the rehearsal room and you're talking music and you think that you're being super clever, um, but a lot of that stuff will just go right over the audience's head. Totally so, true. you know, using abrupt stops and intros that are kind of percussive and attention grabbing 
that's a great way to approach that because that is something that people, you don't have to have a degree in music to, to know, oh, these things are kind of similar. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, he does say crazy and he said crazy in this last song. Like, those are things that are pretty, you know, pretty straightforward. It, it um, ain't rocket surgery. Exactly. And the, the other thing that I was thinking about were like musical non sequiturs, like, you know, mm. unrelated things that you could throw in. Um, I remember seeing some band that like they were doing, I can't remember the, the song, but like in the middle of a song, they just stopped what they were doing and did like a bar of dude looks like a lady and then went into a completely different song. I was like, fun. what just happened? Oh, that's fun. That's really fun. But yeah, it's just like just like, <laughs> like in the that. middle of the song, they stop and just went, dude, looks like a lady in like four part harmony and then went into something totally different. I was like, okay. That's good. It was fun That's though. I, I, mean, saw, I, I saw a band go through um, like one chorus of Heart of Glass, mm-hmm. Blondie, that way. Yeah, it was nice. It's nice. We go through, um, we transition from, I just had to pull it up here. Um, um, so I'm sure I'm telling the truth. So we go from Kiss, uh, Prince. Yep. Um, and Justin does the third verse falsetto and kills it um, into one verse. It doesn't really have a chorus. It sort of ends with, ends with the line that is the chorus um, of Venus by Bananarama. Yep. And from there at the same tempo, cause it is into long train running. No, that, yeah, that's the, I would consider that a musical non sequitur. Well, you'd think, but the tempo is exactly the same. Sure. And, uh, but Jam and Venus in there is like, first of all, everybody's like, what are they doing? I don't know. I, and then they're like, oh, God, Venus. But then fortunately, I don't give them too much of it because nobody needs too much of that one. No. Um, and then, boy, I mean, you should hear the room just roar when I hit that opening riff of Long Train Running. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I teased them with a song that they don't really care about. But they were, you know, if Kiss... If Kiss crushed it hard enough, they're sort of game for Venus. Yeah. And then when I tease them with that and then don't force them to listen to all of it, they're delighted with Long Train Running. And um, uh, and then once Long Train Running ends, which, you know, Long Train Running ends, it has a fake ending. We do the fake ending. Yep. Um, and then it ends sort of on a whimper, you know, um, without really a big musical bang. And then I hit them with the opening notes of Play That Funky Music. Oh, and um, that that four song transition has been very successful for us, right? And that's not a medley because again, there's not there's not really a thread there. It's, it's not just, a medley. It's not a medley. It's a series of segues, and they are all sort of jump stop medleys. Yeah. Uh, segues. Um, except, I would argue that Venus Alone Train Running, we keep the beat going. That doesn't. It's it's a change thematically and stylistically, but. Groove wise, it's actually exactly the same. Gotcha. Um, so it's not as jerky as you expect, but 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 I've played with your expectations the whole way through. So there's that. So yours is more of a uh, psychological manipulation approach. I am all about getting. Yeah, I'm getting in your head. <laughs> in your head. Man. So um, we've got one full blown medley, which is like a Madonna kind of retrospective, um, and that is one where the the tempo stays the same. The keys are all over the place. Um, that's like the one thing I'm always terrified to give to subs because they're like, wait a minute, what? Mm-hmm. You go from F to D to, you know, 
it, it modulates to B and like it, yeah. And it, it's, it's a whole mess, but it works really well. It's very well put together. And um, have you written actual modulations between those or do you just bang your way there? Well, no, the songs just change. So like you go uh-huh. from the chorus of Vogue into the intro of borderline and their songs are just in different keys. Yeah, so but you haven't like, composed. You haven't composed anything to get there. No, the, the, if anything, there's a couple of moments where um, because the drums basically stay in this kind of like club four on the floor kind of sure, pattern. Totally. So it's just boots, cats, boots, cats. So there are times where everything cuts out and it's just the drums, mm. and that gives you a little bit of space to allow the songs to come in. Um, Lucky Star has that has a break like that because it's got that cool kind of arpeggiated um, keyboard line that comes in, um, mm. and then the guitar comes in along with the there's like a there's a riff to it, and then everybody kind of joins along. Um, now the only other ones that we really do that with are um, songs we do them kind of tempo wise typically. So we have um, we do. Most of Tainted Love, and then we go from Tainted Love into Always Something That Will Remind Me by Naked Eyes. Nice. And we do, and you know, the whole thing with um, the whole thing that everybody loves about Tainted Love is that bump, bump kind of right. percussive part. So I'd seen another band do it, and I was like, man, that's fun, but I wanted to add a, an additional level of interestingness so instead of doing like a symmetrical amount of stops we do three instead of two or four so instead of it being bump 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 into something else we actually do bump 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 and then and then a four count into the introduction to always something that remind me um Mm -hmm. we do that one we do hungry like the wolf into um shut up and dance with me and that one, there is no, it, it literally, you just, you do the last bar of, and I'm hungry like the wolf, and it holds off. And then when that measure ends, the kick just comes in and that, that signature <clears throat> guitar lick comes in, that bing, yeah. bing, 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 bing. So it never stops. That's almost a medley. Um, and we do it also with Sledgehammer into I Love Rock and Roll. And mm. that's another one that we kind of, we've put a, a little spin on. Um, where we're using that, the, kind of the horn guitar riff that do 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 do. We do four of those while the drums, like drummers, basically doing a, a con, you know kind of a condensed drum solo mm-hmm. around that riff. The bleed do 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 do. Big drums, big drums, big drums, big drums. More riffs, more riffs. Drum, drums, drums. And then in the last one, it. He goes, it all kind of comes together. And it, it, those songs don't feel like they go together, but um, as soon as you kick into that, into the opening of I Love Rock and Roll, everybody's just like, they love that. Yeah. You know, and, and I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's so why I do covers. Yeah. <laughs> you know that moment where the crowd cannot believe you're doing that song, or the or the way you put those together, or um, something. I mean, I you know when I um, the other night when I started that Edie Brickell tune, and every woman between the ages of 35 and 50 just lost their minds. Yeah, because they hadn't heard that song in 20 years, but it's etched on her soul. 
Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, th- that. That's why I do cover music for me. Like it's such a fast connection with people's nostalgia and people's heart and people's God. You know, just like it's, it's such an easy way to delight them is play some song they love. Yep. And perfect. It, and so yeah, so we've kind of covered a couple. So you know, you've got the kind of tempo based one. You've got the non sequitur. Like I'm just going to throw this in just because you know I can. And then there's yep. also like there's some theory to it as well, and and you have to be careful about again not going over the audience's head, but um, just as like an example, I just I love the transitions that Bruno Mars's band does in between songs. Mm. They have those kind of gospely like chord turns before yeah. before yeah. songs. Like yeah. I, I've always been a huge fan of those. Um, and if you if you know how to do it correctly, you can really you know you can drastically improve the production quality of your shows by implementing these kind of quick, I would say clever musical moments that aren't Mm -hmm. too showy and aren't, you know, again, kind of nerdy. Yeah. You have to be pretty deep in the jazz theory to pull that sort of thing off. Yeah. Lots Um, of sixes and yeah, yeah, yeah. Modulations and chord alternations and things like that. Now, there there are also ways to mash up songs or or well, we haven't, we songs. haven't even gotten into mashups really. Well, yeah, it's a whole other thing. Uh, you know, I guess we're headed there because yeah. I was going to say, um, you know, th- there are ways to do that based on um, chord pattern similarities. Yep, um, and that is really how you do a mashup: is you find similarities that are. Um, they're in songs and you layer the songs on top of one another band. I used to play with does a bunch of those. Um, when I was with them, we did one that was, um, we started out with uh breakdown. Yep. I'm petty. And then we just worked that a minor GF thing. So it was all on the watchtower. Um, <sighs> don't fear the reaper Rhiannon. Um, just anything that had a G minor, uh, a minor GF. Yep. And, um, and then we use the A minor GF on our way into, um, carry on my wayward son. And we played out the rest of carry on my wayward son. In my opinion, the greatest rock, classic rock song ever written really is fine. And, and if you're going to play it in your band, um, just plan for it to take a month. Cause yep. it's, there, there are a lot of little riffy parts that seem, um, there's very little repetition structurally there are only so many riffy parts but they're put together in all sorts of different patterns and it's um to get it right takes a lot of coordination um but um it's a good and then and then we would end the last chord of carry on into the last chorus of um of breakdown so we'd go back to breakdown at the end which is what made it a mashup but in the middle of it we the three of us who were lead singers would be singing phrases of all on the watchtower Rhiannon and don't fear the reaper sort of all on top of each other mm-hmm. and uh, and it was nice it was nice so talking about mashups the the one that we started doing with Fanny Pack Friday is uh, semi charm life and you do the intro to semi charm life with the do do do's and then when the verse kicks in you start doing the first verse of all star by Smash Mouth. Because mm. it lines up perfectly. So what you do is you go in, you do the intro to Semi Charm Life, you do the first verse and chorus of All Star, and then it kicks right back into the doo doo doo, and it it fits perfectly. Um, mm. It's it's just a clever little thing. Um, 
it, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And talking about medleys and that kind of thing, um, my old classic rock cover band from like high school and college, we were called Alf and the Frat Guys. Um, <laughs> terrible name, fantastic like band. But what we used to start off with, um, we started off with Dream Theater did a live album, probably mid-90s. They had a, a song called The Big Medley. And um, it started with In the Flesh by Pink Floyd, going into mm, Carry On wow. Our Way- My Wayward Son, into um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And then it goes into a Genesis song. And what we would do for there is we would actually transition from there to, ah, I can't think of the name of the song, uh, Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith. Huh. And then when we you got to the solo break of Sweet Emotion, we would go directly into the cowboy intro to Mississippi Queen. Wow. And then at the end of Mississippi Queen, we would go into Fire by uh, by Jimi Hendrix. So it was like boom, mm. boom, bam, boom, 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 boom. And then like a three count, bow, bow, boom, da, boom, da, boom. So like we, nice. and, and then we, we had a bunch of those that were like that. And literally like the first 30 minutes of our set never stopped. Like it was just like this relentless, just like, pounding just hit after hit yeah. Yeah. and um and crowds loved it we we did really really well for for a, a minute we were like the the tribute band opening act darlings for for about a year or two that's cool now, i will say if you know one thing about those transitions is you got to rehearse them until you're dead crisp on them oh yeah you know, if, if if it's mushy or if you, somebody's thinking about it it loses probably 90 percent of its impact yeah, I mean, you, you have to know those songs inside and out until you can do them blackout drunk. Um, and in our case, sometimes we were. Uh, yeah. But, I, you know, I, I heard those shows went fine. Yeah, <laughs> they told me later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and it's just, it's, it's a, even, even a music lay audience, you know, when you hit a transition like that and everybody comes back in simultaneously, it's like they get that that's, an expression of some work you've done. You know, they, yeah. they, they appreciate the skill that takes and the work that takes. And, and they don't have to be music majors to be like, like anytime a band can, can do a hit. Like those are, those are easy things that you can put into a show that instantly improve like your musicality. So sure. if you can find parts in existing songs where like the whole band cuts out and you're just like, it just feels tight. Um, audiences do notice that. And sure. regardless of their experience level, when, when they hear those moments, you know, that translates into this band is professional. This band has put the work in, you know, one of, one of the things that we really love is, um, we do the look by rock set mm-hmm. and right before the outro, there's a four count where it goes and he goes, la, 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 la. And the whole band cuts out and it's perfectly silent. And then on uh. the one, just like clockwork, everybody comes in and it just like that exp- depending yeah. on if people know the song or not, a lot of time when that cuts off, people start clapping because they think the song is over. Right. And then you just hit them. You know, any, any sort of like unified moments. You know, we talk about spreading, spreading the songs out, spreading your parts out so everybody's got a space. But when you can all meet together in some unison moment and show your connectedness, that translates huge on, on your audience. It sure does. You know, with um, Viva La Muerte, they've covered... Um, Deep Ellum Blues, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a straight up blues tune. There's nothing to it. The the um, Grateful Dead covered it, which is why they know it. And but it's a traditional. It's a you know 
been around for a long, a long time. Um, in my first rehearsal with them, I taught them how to do stops and we've been doing it with stops, you know, um, and it elevated the whole thing. I mean, we, you know, the drummer said, God, we sound like professionals now. Um, but it really is like the whole band can stop and the, the, the vocalist or the soloist can have like a moment of playing with the stoppedness and then coming back in with the band altogether. And it just, it just elevates everything to have that kind of texture happening in a way that sounds, uh, well, it doesn't sound, it is, you know, created and rehearsed and together. And it, um, it's very, very effective. Well, in talking about that, you can use those stops as your segues. So, you know, th- True. if you can, if you can, get the get the band going on counts and so you can do you know let's say either four quarter note stabs or maybe like a set of eighth note stabs that are basically become the intro to the song and you know we're talking about here's things that we've done and here's some things that you can think about and if you if you're struggling with the um coming up with ideas you don't have to come up with anything no. my suggestion would be Go online, search that, go to YouTube, put that song that you're looking to cover live in, and either the original artist has put their own spin on it, a number of cover bands have put their spin on it, another really popular band has put their spin on it. Like We we do that a lot where we do kind of contemporary covers of those 80s songs. Like We do the Atari's version of Boys of Summer just because it's more fun for us to play that way. And the same goes with, um, we do 99 Red Balloons, we do the Goldfinger version instead of the Nina version because uh, it's metal and it's way faster and there's like really cool like slow stops and it really chugs. Um, we do the Marvelous Threes version of Always Something There to Remind Me, which is all guitar. Um, there's, there's all different kinds of ways of, of going about that. And, you know, good artists create, but great artists steal. There you go. I didn't. I didn't come up with that phrase, so I can say that not feel bad. You were a great podcaster, because great podcasters. Steal. It's true, and I've been listening to so many podcasts recently. I've I'm I've got steal. so much to steal. But it's all it's all true true crime. I don't really know how to translate that over. No, it's, it's been all politics. <laughs> yeah, I've been digging into that a bit as well. But luckily, the midterm's over, so we can focus on Ooh. hopefully more important things or more interesting hopefully. things or less hopefully. divisive things. Hopefully, yeah. Like segways, like segways, but not well done. But not segway scooters because the, everybody agrees that those things are terrible. Unless you have one, and then you're smug about it. Yeah, I remember like their one of their guys like the he was like this is going to revolutionize transportation. Was I was like, gonna, is it? Going to be the whole new thing. Didn't he? Yeah. Fall, he and then he fell off a mountain on one. He did. He died. Yeah. <sighs> And on that note, <laughs> talk about a non sequitur. Good night, kids. Yeah. Just a guy in a Segway falling off a mountain. You don't want to oh. fall off a mountain with your Segways. You want to make sure no, that they're tight and that sure you are prepared. are rehearsed and ready to stay on the mountain. Absolutely. But yeah, um, talking about fun ideas for covers and stuff, if you have never checked out the um, the BBC Radio 1 series, um they have this deal where they where they bring big bands in and make them do cover songs. There's some really interesting stuff in there. Um just like bands that you that you know and and love doing songs that you would never imagine they'd ever do. Um that sounds like fun. What's it called? Um the BBC does these it's it's one of the Radio 1 sessions that they always do when they bring bands in. 
and and they'll do some of their own songs, but I I feel like it's a requirement that they have to cover another song. Mm. Like I remember seeing like One Direction cover "Torn" by Natalie Imbruglia, like wow. just kind of random stuff. And there's a there's a bunch of them out there. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones, but I've seen some really creative takes on on some some songs. So if you're hurting for inspiration, you know, check that stuff out. Well. This was a lively conversation. It was. It was. We segued all over the place. We did. Um, if you have uh, suggestions for us to talk about, please send them to us. Coverband Confidential this was, at gmail.com. This was a listener suggestion, was it not? It absolutely was. And we will talk about your thing uh, because sometimes we don't have things to talk about and, and your things are more interesting than our things. We get to about the middle of the week and we're like, Adam, what are we going to talk about? And we're like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I well, don't know. Has anybody suggested any topics? And, yeah, our, our, my brain has been fried all week. I've been doing, <laughs> I've been doing knowledge based migrations from one help desk platform to another. That was my 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 first week Oof. assignment. I I've done. Listen, in the last two weeks, I have done twelve hours of corporate compliance and, inter, and information security training videos with like stupid 10 question assessment tests after the end of them. Mm, that sounds uh, like fun. I can tell you more about financial regulation compliance than, um, uh, than I want to, cause I work for a publicly traded company. Yeah. My, my hope is, is that the, through the, the software training and stuff that I I'm gaining from this organization, I might be able to bring some interesting components to our live show and share yeah. it with our listeners. Yep. Speaking of, any live shows coming up? Um, nothing officially on the books. We've got a tentative hold, I think, for the the 2nd, the 10th, and the 21st. Those all have contracts out on them. There's another one that kind of floating around, um, but it's on December. Um, mm. I have to give that, that Explorer back, and I'm bummed about that. <laughs> But the band that I borrowed it from is playing by my house on Friday, and they said, if you want to, you can come drop it off and sing some songs with us. Nice. Um, so I'm entertaining that thought, but I, I have That's to make good. sure uh, I've got home coverage, which I may or may not have. So, mm. As is the well, joy with parenting. Always. So. Always. Always. The Lincolns are at uh, Foothills, uh, Foothills um Brewing, Foothills Brewing. They have two <laughs> locations. I don't remember which one I was talking about. Foothills Laundromat. Now, well, there's a there's a there's a tasting room that's different uh. than the, yeah. So they don't do. I guess they do acoustic at the tasting room. I don't even know. Um, and then, oh, I just landed a solo acoustic gig to play Christmas carols at a Pictures with Santa thing at a park downtown on December 8th. So I got to learn a bunch of Christmas music. Yeah, you've got exactly, what, 30 days to uh, to pick up a bunch of 10-cent chords, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jingle Bells is two chords. I, I don't know. It's going to wear me uh, out. It's, it's more than two chords. It's well, on, at least three, isn't it? Yeah, depending on, on what you're doing. Um, I mean, there are some easier ones, but like, uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is one of my favorites. Um, yeah, you know what? I was I was messing with a uh, finger style. Um, uh, Christmas time is here. Vince Guaraldi from the Charlie Brown. Mew 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 mew. Ah, oh, so beautiful. I love that so much. Every time I hear that song, though, I think of um, Arrested Development. Yeah. Yes. So I just yes. hear, I just think of somebody walking away mopily. Mew mew yeah. mew. That's actually what we do to our children whenever they're pitching a fit and they walk out. <laughs> Me and my wife just mew, mew 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 mew. 
Mm. I think it's funny. They don't. Yeah, no, no, no. It is apparently a sin to exasperate your child, but it's just it's Is it? Yeah, it's in there. I'm a sinner. It's 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 in the, we all? it's Isn't in the same sentence as the honor your father and mother part though. So they tend <sighs> to be even handed. It's like the whole people get mad about the uh wives honor your husbands, but they fail to hear the one right after it what says Husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. And I don't know if you guys know how that whole Jesus story ends, but uh he he loved the church a whole lot. He uh yeah. he kind of went he went pretty far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's your uh, theology lesson for the day. Well done. Good stuff. Well, I will go ahead and call it for this week. From Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. And you have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 30. We did it, you guys. Boom. Have a great week. And follow us on Patreon. <laughs>